0: Hello there. We're trying to keep Coral Chihuahua going, and so we draw your attention to the possibility of listening to us on Patreon for just a few quid a month. This also magically gets rid of the ads. That's Patreon with an E, patreon.com forward slash Coral Chihuahua. On with the app.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Hello, welcome back to a new series of Choral Chihuahua.
3: Interrupted Cadence.
0: Nice. This is our seventh series, which is a surprise, at least to us. Robert Hollingworth here today with Chums Eamon Dugan and Nicholas Mulroy to be heard in our land very soon. It's a new year, good time to mention that we do need your support to make the programme, so we've made it even easier for you to drop us a one-off donation, or best of all, to listen to us via Patreon, which immediately cuts out those pesky ads. Just go to choralchihuahua.com and click on the support option you'd like. If Patreon, you get to choose whether to support at cool suspension level, diphthong level or even tertiary shift level just a few pounds a month for as much listening as you fancy all ad free for the flash amongst you or indeed a whole choir you can be an episode sponsor imagine the glory Uh, you lovely listeners are very much our mouthpiece if you enjoy the podcast please tell your friends and your choirs about it post about it moan about it over coffee write to us or send us a voice note about your choral bugbear or delight But we should get on. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things this spring. How to sing polyphony, uh, starting your own choir, music for tenebrae. But we're starting with one of those things that I suspect many of us have tried, but few of us mastered. Vocal jazz. Our guides in this episode are the London-based Ensemble Standard Deviation, and i spent a lovely evening at a rehearsal of theirs a few weeks ago let's hear them first in oscar pettiford's swingin' till the girls come home arranged for the group by their own baritone harry baker <laughs>
1: I bet you
4: never saw the crazy type of thing that I'll be flinging Man, I really will be swinging till the girls come home to, All the to to stay home, the maid the home. I'm gonna live a for all the juice that I paid My uh, wife is on vacation
1: So's my mother-in-law mm. I bet you never saw the crazy type of thing that I'll be mm. really will be till the girls come <laughs> home We're gonna hit some crazy cats I know oh, we'll let them bring their horns and blow And we'll crack and we'll ball the will matter We're
2: gonna the but life which you never
4: <laughs> have done
2: <to. laughs> My wife's on vacation <laughs> <So tomorrow laughs> It'll be a great kind of thing matter really will be swinging
4: till the bells come on Roll back that shade Send home the maid these i to I'm gonna live. I'm, gonna leave. I'm gonna bouncing the ball bouncing on the do do
5: do ba 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 ba
4: Ba ba ba
6: I bet you never saw the crazy time I think that I'm thinking Man, you've been a little bit swinging till the girls come home but He brought <laughs> <wrote from the laughs> on the shade and said, i the maid I'm down a little bit too now for all the dues that I pay uh, My wife is on vacation, sons of mother-in-law I bet you never saw the crazy time we fling the donkey clinging It's mine
1: a radio open swing until the girls come home We get it by some crazy cats I know Oh we'll let them bring their hearts and blow And we'll jump and move as we the groove Scat in our grip as the sound's getting hip And we'll
4: cook and we'll ball and the neighbors will matter us all ba
1: doo ba doo ba da doo ba ba Yeah! Yeah!
0: Fantastic. And the name of the piece?
7: That was Swing Until the Girls Come Home.
0: Arranged by...
7: Wonderful Harry
0: Baker. (laughs) I'm skating on quite thin ice here, given that I name my group after a vegetable. Um, But standard deviation, I I didn't know the term. Harry?
5: Well, I mean, its it's inception was, was Hugh and Olive just brainstorming a billion names. And we came across standard deviation because jazz standards are the lineage I guess um, of jazz music uh, but we didn't want to do just jazz standards we wanted to do I guess a lot of jazz adjacent music so some folk arrangements done with some slightly more interesting harmony as, w- as well as by the book and then some more modern jazz like uh, um, Esperanza Spaulding's I know you know. So standard deviation, which I believe is a mathematical term, although I couldn't describe what it means. <laughs> <laughs> um,
7: <It's the> variance <laughs> around a mean. Isn't that
0: masked by John Taverner?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 there was a question on the University Challenge last week for which uh, standard deviation was the answer. We so we should use that as our. As well, I'd measure. much prefer
0: your version for the, for the, for the music. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do version, send it in?
5: I'll be really But I guess the... the um, the genius behind Hugh and Olive's term is that um, we do standards and we deviate from them. Oh, my God.
8: <laughs>
3: We're all amazed.
0: <laughs>
8: and um, we actually do quite a big range of different music, so obviously we specialise in jazz, but we also do um, some uh, pop arrangements very very occasionally. We do original songs by Tom, for example. Um, we do quite a lot of folk. Um, so, yeah, the inspirations that we take from are are quite, quite varied.
0: Do you sing magicals?
8: <laughs> Not don't personally, well. no. That's correct answer. Because <laughs> I
0: can't stand a competition. <laughs> Gentle mm. competition. <laughs> no.
4: I'm
0: just I looking. I'm just looking at you all, and, and imagining a family rehearsal, sort of 30, 30 years ago or something, in my little flat in Brixton, and what things are similar and what things are different. Uh, a, you're much 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 better at this repertoire um, which we only ever touched on but mostly it's just you know ipads and um you're reading off a phone which is yeah. tiny <laughs> i know that i know that does happen but it's now you know if you haven't got something oh i'm sorry i didn't get that or i didn't get your message because it was all answering machines and your flatmate would yeah. delete the message um, <laughs> but now it's i'll oh, just airdrop it
4: yeah. Mm. yeah
0: what are these words
4: <laughs> 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 so what do you speak
0: so you've made a you've, you've done you've, you've done some jingles done some jingles yeah. can't wait we'll to hear them.
5: them um should we just sing this one through once um yes, before the the yeah. record
8: sorry is this one
5: <clears throat> no sorry Coral chihuahua oh yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <That's it. laughs> oh yeah no pictures <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay mm. Choral Chihuahua Should we try oh, okay. again? Yes. that again? Was that
8: just too slow? My bad, my bad, my bad, my
4: bad Sorry, fine okay. <laughs> 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 I'm a depression
5: yeah, yeah. Can we do that again and can we hold each of these chords yeah. so we're not worrying about the rhythm One, two Choral Chihuahua
0: Nice. Now that's got that's got a number of different chords in it at once. Yeah. So when, especially at the top, when you're tuning for something like that, are you just sopranos? Do you just tune to each other because that's what sopranos do? Or are you trying to make sure you're part of...
7: I would normally tune to a combo of Nell and Tom. What does that
0: even mean?
7: <laughs> I think, because you always hear bottom and top. So I'm always very conscious because I'm usually on the top of the texture to make sure that I'm sitting with tom and then because now's bang in the middle and also has absolutely laser perfect pitch it's quite <laughs> handy to be able to use her as a bit of an anchor just in terms of the chord
0: what chords would you say are in that last chord then go on harry you wrote it so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i guess it's it's two
5: chords on top of each other so on that final chord um it's like a g major chord on the top
4: Ooh. and then the lower
5: voices are singing F major chord. Mm-hmm. So actually, can we just layer that up? Can we start with the upper voices on oh, wow. the final chord? <coughs> if you just give a G now. So three, F. Uh. Awesome. And now let's put that with the lower voices. So um, uppers first. Three,
0: C- can I hear the low one on it too? Yeah, <coughs> of course.
5: So the F major. Three. Wah. 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 And together.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 okay, should we try it for real? Yeah.
8: <clears throat> what kind of um intention are we going for? <laughs> <laughs> What's
1: my motivation? 70, <laughs> <laughs> 70 sleeves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs>
0: you shine on I obviously you take whatever you whatever you give me whatever you're finally happy with but coracho wa 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 what cuz the <laughs> yeah, world all yeah, yeah. thing is a yeah yeah. yeah 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 with it like dim wah, wah, wah.
7: like fade out Up wah, to you. Wah,
0: wah,
4: wah. i think you yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
0: it's if it's too good it'll sound computer generated yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all... digitally yeah, yeah. can you try yeah. a say one wow wow so
4: harry
8: yeah. harry yeah, indicates it yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: a gradual yeah, yeah, yeah. just hammer out. Or a version where it gets faster. Wow. Awesome thing. Yeah, that seems
4: mm-hmm. great.
5: This is quite hard to synchronize, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, How
4: those no. Mm. Uh, um. Coral chihuahua. Look
0: there it is. <laughs> 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 Great. So, for choirs that want to have a go at this repertoire, we were talking about arrangements and how arrangements are difficult because I mean your stuff is fiercely hard, and requires really fierce tuning between. Uh, between all the parts I suppose we could start with that the spacing it sounds to me it reminds me of the King Singers arrangement Simon Carrington was talking about this that back in the 70s Gordon Langford did a lot of brass band arrangements but also wrote for the King Singers was always working with that kind of harmonic series spacing so there was a good gap between the bass and the baritone slightly less between the baritone and the tenor and then what the layout at the top it didn't it didn't matter, but it was it's gonna be close so you've got many, many more options. Yeah. And is is that the same in what you're doing? It sounds similar.
5: Yeah, I think um I think it's a lot of um quick changes between textures. I think um a lot of scrunchy clustery, almost barbershop textures around middle C work very effectively.
0: Barbershop. Close harmony vocal quartets originating in the USA with the predominance of seventh chords. One, three, five, seven now, when because... you say barbershop, you mean sevenths,
5: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah okay. it's sort of unrooted chords, chords without the bass note at the bottom of the chord, uh, but then making use of Tom. Our, our low bass is so important to our sound, into like sort of the the jazz vocal group lineage of take Six and more recently, obviously, individuals like Jacob Collier um, having a really strong lower um, part, but making use of lovely upper structures within the chords. So, structures on top of your major and minor triads brings that kind of jazzy. Shimmery sort of big band influence sound, I think.
1: I guess if you're thinking about texture and orchestration almost of a vocal uh, colour, um, quite nice not to have necessarily any more than three ideas going on at once. So you've got the bass line, which is usually fairly distinct from everything else that's going on above it. And, and
0: quite can... dynamic.
1: Yeah, um, quite kind of leaping around and instrumental often. Mm. Um, then you'll have maybe an, uh, a an Accompaniment texture and then the melody.
0: So the accompaniment texture is almost like the, the barbershop,
1: not almost like it is the barbershop.
0: Yeah. So you got, and that's unusual because if you think of close harmony, you think, or you think of conventional Western harmony, you've got the bass at the bottom, and the harmony builds up from that. But here you're saying you have the harmony in the middle, and the bass is a, just another texture. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of think about it in the way you think Brahms, when he orchestrated, always he had. Every bass instrument playing the bass part, then you have the middle parts playing the harmony, and then you have a melody instrument. And I kind of think of it in the same way. The melody doesn't necessarily have to sit on top, it can be in the middle, and then all, as long as the accompaniment parts are responding to each other and doing very similar things to each other. Can just,
0: do you think that was in, in tune? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the no minor just. third, <laughs> six um, to five <laughs>
1: Then the audience doesn't have too much to focus on. I think it's about leading the audience's ear to the right thing. Mm. Um, and more often than not, that's the melody. So no matter what else we're doing, as, as impressive as it may sound, it, it needs to uh, force the audience to, to the right place. Force, encourage.
8: And then translating everything that Tom and Harry have just said into, and reflecting on our rehearsal practice, actually quite often, we'll focus on that middle barbershop group and then add in... And we'll, and we'll rehearse that really, really intensely with metronome, really focusing on the tuning of every single chord and then add in the bass and then add in the tune afterwards or the melody afterwards. And so it, and we quite often do rehearse in that style, I feel. And mm. it means that that's really solid and everything else is working around it gorgeously.
0: And I always I think you looking at, look at a piece of choral music, that's almost the most important thing for an audience because they hear texture. Yeah, they hear harmony, but... Uh, th- if you've got two voices working in thirds, or even an octave in a third, mm. then that's one texture, and the ear perceives that as one thing, and then there's something else going on, maybe more busily in the middle. Mm. Um, it's sort of what you you, you got yeah. here, you got three different parts to it. Do you all feel that three thing? I mean, you were talking about tuning, you tune to the two of them, that's a slightly different thing, I suppose, but does that idea of three things... Ring a bell?
7: Yeah, I definitely think so. And what Olivia said about the rehearsing, the harmony in the centre completely, and certainly for me, I said earlier, about tuning to Tom is really, really important. And actually some of our um, some of our hardest pieces, it's so vital. We do this brilliant arrangement of I Know You Know um, by Esperanza Spalding, which has got a fiendish bass line. Mm. And, it's, <clears throat> and it's, I mean, it's changing time signature all over the place. And the middle parts are so hard and we spent so much time Working on the harmony of those middle bits, making them all fit together. Mm.
0: Did you sing that at Star Music last year?
7: We did. We did. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. think so
0: because I remember listening to it and think, <laughs> I. I, I a bit, so we started up, Harry. Um, I, I can't quite sure how much I'm listening to. You. I'm not sure if I can process this amount of information, mm. which goes back to that. I mean, we don't quite know where this is going to drop in on a choral chihuahua, but mm-hmm. if we're in the fast episode now, <laughs> uh, this it's about talking about the speed at which the brain can appreciate. Uh, uh, different amounts of of harmony Um, especially as in jazz it seems to me being no kind of specialist the chords seem quite unrelated is that the the chord progressions it's not like a sort of uh, a logical harmonic language where the Tonic leads to the dominant, which might then have an interrupted cadence. If you you, you don't know what I'm talking about, listening to this, I just mean something normal, some fairly basic progression. Mm -hmm. The progressions here seem almost to be obtusely non-progressive because everyone knows the tune, and there've been five thousand arrangements of it before, and therefore you're trying to throw the listener off guard. (laughs) There's
5: definitely, yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a, a gentle competitive spirit in the jazz lineage, definitely. Um, and more... My gentle,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
5: um, And in the vocal jazz tradition of sort of you know one-upmanship and it's, it's like there's a fun spirit of trying to as you say play with jazz standards that everyone has done before but what i would say is that um actually there can be in the root movement in what tom would often be singing there can be a sort of perfect cadence like root often through the chords lots of five ones happening in the harmony between the dominant and the tonic and actually it's what the upper parts do above that that is trying to sort of completely throw mm. your, your focus off as a listener and that's the decorative stuff. But I think going back but to... Because
0: it's, but because it's decorative, sorry to interrupt, because it's decorative, the main parts are in, in place so we still feel the normal movement and then we get this ivy around the chord, if you like.
5: Exactly that. So as long as the roots, the third and the seventh are in every chord then we're fine. So where one, three and five might be foundational in vast majority of pre-1900 classical music, one, three and seven are the guiding principles of of jazz and those threes and sevens are known as the, the guide tones above which you can do whatever you want. And, and as you say, as long as the melody is in some way audible or being paraphrased, then you as a listener feel a bit guided
0: through the tune. At which point the group sang me... Well, actually, I'll let the tune become apparent. This rather magical arrangement is by Edward Randall, X swingle but again specifically done for standard deviation. And the tenor soloist is in fact the bass,
1: Tom Lowen. T'were ten thousand miles
0: wonderful arrangement of that traditional scottish tune sung just for me so it seemed at standard deviations regular sunday evening rehearsal in the basement of a central london flat we carried on chatting first of all with harry baker also eponymous pianist of the harry baker trio though i first got to know him as one of the national youth choir young composers on a course a few years ago
3: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes.
8: Bombus. big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code ACast for twenty percent off your
0: first purchase. Go now. I, you know, you're a jazz pianist, and w- when I watch jazz pianists. I, I just can't believe what is going through their head, and I've never had explained to me. Do you write for a vocal ensemble this, in the same the same idiom? Are the same shifts happening? Because you don't quite have that same texture there, do you? Even though you might be playing with a bass player and a, I mean, you can be the middle voice, but you, you're playing everything a lot of the time.
5: Yeah, so I think I definitely think with vocal jazz, it's inherently kind of imitative tradition. So where choral music is is an authentic kind of original expression. I feel like a lot of vocal jazz is drawing on sounds that have come before. So like the big band lineage and also that of, as you said, like a jazz trio. So we've got the bass, like a double bass, which is the role that Tom always occupies. Uh, and syllables like dum, some often appear that are a bit like the, the bass and the hi-hat of the drums. And then providing the momentum and the harmony from the kind of piano chords in the middle would be this, this four-part barbershop texture we talked about. And then, obviously, the melody line would be a singer or, or a horn player. So, so yeah. So that's that's in a way what I think is happening with a vocal jazz arrangement. You're looking to, in a way, imitate either a big band or one of those smaller jazz instrumental ensembles that came before a lot of these vocal groups.
0: Who's going to explain what scat singing is? We think we know what it is, but Donnell, tell us what scat singing is.
4: <laughs> no. I, well, I think
5: again, scat, scat singing probably probably came after um, the bebop masters like Charlie Parker, the saxophonist, or Dizzy Gillespie, trumpeter, Miles Davis, trumpeter, made waves as improvisers in the '40s onwards. And then singers like Ella Fitzgerald wanted to get involved again. That maybe that competitive spirit, wanting to like sort their their place in the in the genre, and started using scat syllables, any kind of syllables, generally phonemes, so just sounds rather than actual words. But there are um,
0: certain. I mean, do what? Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's it's let's. Not. Is there an official lexicon?
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I think there. Are, yeah, there are things that you can you can do or, or fall back on. And actually, when you're writing a cappella, I mean, Tom can talk more about this. But you know, in terms of. The syllables you use there's a bit of an art to that as well in terms of not distracting from the melody i think yeah. we've all i've definitely fallen prey to writing extremely distracting <laughs> scat syllables that do not support either the melody or anything well,
0: i get this, my my daughter plays in a jazz funk band which is something i don't know about at all and you know she talks about the horn section and i will hear her practicing those riffs which have to be phenomenally accurate rhythmically oh. Um, and we went to an Earth, Wind and Fire tribute band concert, which was just <laughs> staggering on a musical level. Even if you had no interest in the music, and I did enjoy it very much, the the, the sheer accuracy. Now they can have headphones, which I know you don't use earpieces like uh, some groups that sw- Swingles. They have a they have certain things going on their ear. Um, one of them talked to us about that on a previous program. Mm. The interview with the Swingle singers featured in our Stour Music episode, June 2022. Like all episodes available at choralchihuahua.com. Back to the show. The level of accuracy of those interruptive little moments, mm. but especially when you don't want to get in the way of words, or wouldn't you do that so much when there are words? Or do you just assume, like in pop music, everyone knows what the words are and so it doesn't matter?
8: Hmm. I would say you generally have separate scat sections and then accompanying kind of um, brass-like interludes. Um, mm. And, you know, he often uses GAT syllables when he forgets the words. <laughs> 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 haven't, haven't we all done that in,
0: in, in, in Messiah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking his Yoke is Easy would be a lot better if you didn't have to sing it all on one vowel. Yeah. Oh,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hugh, you haven't said anything. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> good. Quick, quick crazy then.
8: But it was interesting um, working with the conductor Jamie Burton this summer who mm-hmm. does a lot of choral work, of course, and also has a good... Significant jazz background as well. And the way he would teach us as a 60 person chorus was through scat syllables, and then we were allowed to add um, other lyrics and words afterwards. What, that was, what sort of music? The Druffle Requiem, for instance.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
8: And even though those are like long lyrical lines, adding, like taking away the words and allowing the people to focus on the sound production or the vowels, let's say, actually really, really helped. And I think there is like cross fertilization that can help both choral singers and uh, vocal jazz singers, um, and taking yeah, good bits of both of them can really enhance the singing.
0: I'm just interested in this because most of us don't get anywhere close to this. We might do, you know, the odd boom boom titty boom arrangement with a <laughs> with a bass and you know and, but but nothing like this level of complexity. And I'm interested in how long it takes you I mean you talked about the the piece you were talking about before. I know, you know. Yeah.
7: That one, I mean, are we done with that one? No. (laughs) (laughs) That took us a long time, but um, Alad Walker, who does um, quite a few of our arrangements or has done in the past. Um, That was probably his most daring, most complex one ever. I mean, the time signature was changing all over the place. It's also a song that is... I mean, the song anyway is quite complicated and quite fast moving. The melody's fast. There's loads and loads of words. It's Mm. very, there's so much texture going on anyway. Like I said, the bass line is fiendish. Mm. That one, I'd say, is very much probably going to be a work in progress forever because it's so, so difficult. Um, Yeah, I don't know what anyone else thinks about that one.
6: (laughs) Well, because we do pretty much all of our music off copy, it means that we all have to put in time away from rehearsal to learn these pieces. And so by trying to learn them off copy, it actually means that we are kind of doing a lot of the note bashing ourselves. So that doesn't mean that we never have to do note bashing in the rehearsals. My God, there's a lot of it. Um, but I think it does speed up the process knowing that, okay, well, we have to get this, you know, off Hey, book. hey folks, who knew? Practice your music before you go into rehearsal. I'd Tom. also
1: say... Um... We counterintuitively, it's the harder arrangements that we've spent longer learning as a group or by ourselves that are more easily memorable mm. because we've done the hard work already. And then, yeah, it's all muscle memory. It's it's in the muscle memory already, which actually, as a as a choral singer, generally is is not a it's not a place you get to very often. Mm. Muscle memory. You mm. you usually turn up, you read what's on the page, and you leave, and you don't. It it never gets further than that surface level. Charles Gibbs talks
0: about. Um, uh, a bass, in fact, a BBC singer, a man who, who sings an awful lot of notes in one week. And, you know, you can give him a piece that you've done two weeks before and he won't recognise it because it's had to, he's processed it in a particular way where you have to read it so fast. And that doesn't mean you, you hold on to it for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, don't you think, let's just say we, don't you think one is a little bit lazy sometimes with the way one goes through pieces and you just read them? And you could easily learn them. But because, I mean, just singing a piece again and again isn't necessarily a way to learn it, is it, actually? And that's why I'm interested in the whole business of texture. Because if, Harry, you're sitting at the piano and you're playing a nice 9-7 chord and you're just moving your fingers half a centimetre and then playing a, a semitone further up, which is a different chord, that's one thing as a physical feel on the piano because there's a physicality into it as a jazz pianist. Quite different for four of you to have to learn those two chords and shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether there's a question there, but they- <laughs> Tom, well, Tom, we do
1: a lot of moving between two different chords. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> it's a lot of our rehearsals, right? Like, Can we do this chord and then that and then back and forth, and we'll just vamp these two bars mm. for about ten minutes <laughs> until <Yeah>. it's <laughs> until it's in and it feels embodied. Yeah.
0: Well, I think uh, as as you invited me here and then force fed me a really nice meal, yeah. and, <laughs> and we were talking downstairs. Um, I think I'm going to put a challenge to you that you produce an arrangement that choirs could manage mm. but has some of all of these things that you're talking about mm. so that it's, it's manageable but there are some challenges in it. Mm. Um, and we talked about whether that can be your own composition or whether mm. an arrangement or something and all the copyright joys. But Oh no, you're just moving your hand. Sorry, yeah, I thought I'm you sorry. wanted to say no, something. Yeah.
8: <laughs> on, on the texture point though, Of course, we've touched on there being a legacy and competitive spirit and so on and so forth. But this group is a passion project. We are very good friends and we've all been singing together in various forms. Some of us for eight years, two of the boys went to primary school together. So like we know each other very, very well and we do this out of pure love. So when there are tricky textures, speedy rhythms, it's because we want to challenge ourselves and we love it. And it's so much more satisfying for us to learn something that is demanding and weird because we've been doing it actually for quite a long time. Fine, not in this configuration, but we have been doing it for a long time. So furthering ourselves is part of it.
6: Also, with three of the members having pretty good perfect pitch, it means that for the other three that don't, um, (laughs) it means that even when we are sight reading through something or in the the learning process, we always get a taste of it sounding pretty good. We, like, rather than kind of trying something, us all getting it wrong, thinking, oh, goodness, this is way too hard. We're not getting anything back from it. So we kind of get little almost kind of bits of motivation from glimpses of the harmony from the perfect pitch lot. <laughs>
0: perfect pitch is just cheating, isn't it? Oh,
1: yeah. yes. And yeah, yeah.
4: it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there
1: are lots of contexts in which it's not necessarily helpful. Mm-hmm. In, in the wider world, um, for instance, if you're transposing a lot of a lot of music that you're singing, and uh, but in this world, I think it is it is more or less very very helpful. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: the masters that I teach up at York, if someone says to me in audition, I have perfect pitch. My response is, jillian I'm so sorry, yeah. because we're trying to find the cracks in between equal temperament mm-hmm. tuning so that the things are so that the, the thirds are acoustically pure and not just the sort of compromise of the piano uh, in a slow moving piece have you got that especially you you people at the top
4: yeah
8: i think that's exposure therapy though like we even if we have a an equal temperament in ourselves like we really do adapt and learn from one another and it's mm-hmm. and you can hear especially because we rehearse in very small spaces like our kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> that if some, a chord is beating it's not good enough even though we might think it as the perfect pitch lot yeah. um and so I think we've learned how to adapt and, and I, I think we're pretty good at it I don't know
7: <laughs> and I think actually that a really really key part of this group is most of us are choral singers so did grow up with the and kind of have learned I said, most now now love. <laughs> um, so exactly doing exactly that on the side outside of the group we are thinking very much about our temperament no that isn't equal temperament and I think we bring that into the group a lot. And when we do do the slow practice, there's lots of, oh, should the... I mean, everyone's asking, should the fifth be higher here? Should the third be low? And, and kind of work them out in a very choral way,
0: I'd say. But in isn't a choral that way, the but... great thing? I mean, we haven't done a programme yet about tuning. You know, Jacob and I could, could sit and, and talk about what the sort of basics are. Where's that thought going? This happens to me a lot these days. it <laughs> it has, but isn't one of the great things, that even if you're singing howls, I mean, I was singing with Fagilini, we were singing Summer is Coming last mm-hmm. week, that you can't necessarily do the whole thing like that. But if you can do enough of it, mm-hmm. then the whole thing is just easier to build on. So the whole, back, we're back to texture, a gap between the bass and the baritone, a smaller gap between the baritone tenor. If you can get those things right, and then the first third right, everything, every, all the other parts are going to fall more easily into the pla- isn't into place. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, if if this is the uh, the fast music episode um, there I personally find there is no time to think about you know whether we're you know just intonated just intoned if it's a fast piece it's in the slower ones because again you have more space to think as a performer as well you can then think okay yeah I know I'm the major third in this let's just see okay I'll sing a little bit flatter oh that's that feels locked in okay good and then do that per chord but to have those thought processes yeah, during a fast piece, and
0: could anyone hear? I mean, this is back to me talking about uh, listening to a jazz pianist. Mm. Can your brain even follow it that that fast? Mm. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe we should just record some, speed it up, and see if, see what mm. that sounds like. But but it's the slower, It's the slower moments. I also think it's the beginning of a chord. Mm. You know, uh, Jacob in his MA presentation, he came up with this line. He wasn't sure whether it was Miles Davis, Miles Davis, but I think actually it's probably Jacob. Mm. Uh, it's not music until it's out of tune and out of time, and and that as long as you have that front of the chord that's in tune, then bending it or bending into the chord so that it turns into tune. I mean that's a very sensual thing. And on we chatted, until finally back to the very tricky arrangement the singers have already referred to, of Esperanza Spaulding's "I Know You Know" arranged by Alid Walker. Here they are, just breaking it down into a few of its constituent parts. I'm enjoying the um, wicker chair percussion. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
8: I can go on there if you. Do.
0: It's all jazz.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, great. I mean, should we layer it up, Tom? It'd be great to hear you sing maybe from bar 45 that repeating yeah. complex rhythmic ostinato figure. Maybe just a few times. Sure. I have an A.
1: Hmm Dum 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 Awesome.
5: And then why don't we add in what we're doing above that? So this is the middle four parts, everyone except for Tegan from the upbeat to bar twenty uh forty-three. What? A two, a one,
4: two, three. Awesome. Could you do that without Tom? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just
0: put these in the right order. It's quite hard. One, two, three. Uh, what Do
4: da da ba boo, boo hey, ba da da da, boo boo boo. boo. boo, boo. boo do da, da da. I know you know, but
5: awesome. And now, okay. should we try the whole Take picture the from bar forty-one from Tagged Tree.
2: The way you look at me when you think I'm not looking. Do, do,
4: do da da ba boo you have
2: to sleep and try and want to pass one
4: you love. I see you're scared and convinced by what I'm trying to say. I know you know that I am yours and then i you take me away. Oh, Blimey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've been listening to Standard Deviation on Coral Chihuahua. Tegan Aldridge, Olivia Hugh-Jones, Nell Norman, Hugh Beckwith, Harry Baker and Tom Lowen. Let's hear a full performance of that track, recorded live at the Pizza Express session. Uh, Do go and check them out at standarddeviationjazz.com. There's a rumour of a London concert coming on February the 29th, so follow them on social media to keep up with that. Here's the song in this fabulous arrangement by Alid Walker, and after that, a couple of minutes from Sammy and Me.
2: But in parinda vari parinda da parinda vari parinda vari
0: parinda vari
5: parinda
2: vari parinda 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 vari poverty poverty parinda vari parinda vari
1: parinda vari parinda vari parinda vari parinda vari parinda vari parinda I know you know, but I know you
2: know, I know you know, but I know you know, but you look at me know you I know you know, I know you know, but I you 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 See you're scared, convinced by what I've tried to say I oh,
4: know
2: you know that I am yours and nothing'll you know take me away You already know, but I'll sing it again I love you, baby, nothing'll take me away I know that you know, but I'll sing it again I love you, baby, So Too soon for you to say out loud, but I know. <gasps> oh no, you, know you love, me love me, and though we don't, don't say it already, already shows. <Georgette> you already know, but I'll sing it again. I love you, baby, no, nothing will take me away. I know that you know, but I'll sing it again.
4: I love you, baby,
2: no, that'll take me away. But I'll sing it again. I love you, baby. nobody will take me away. I know that you know, but I'll sing it again. I love you, baby. No,
4: will take me away. I wait for you to open up. It's not a fool.
2: You're just what I've been looking for. But why do you keep your head in the sand? Whoever, Whoever you love before me who am. Nothing like me
4: Nothing like me Nothing like me
2: I know you know yeah. but I know you know but I know you know know
4: me Wow. You
2: already know but I'll sing it again I love you baby nothing will take me away I know that you know but I'll sing it again I love you baby nothing will take me away You already know but I'll sing it again I love you baby nothing will
4: take me away I know that you know but I'll sing it again I
2: love you baby nothing will take me away The way you calm me up just to see what's cooking The way you look at me when you think I'm not looking I look at you the way too just to know that I do I know that you know You already know You already know How much you love me baby I can see you love me I know I already know but I'll sing it again i it again I love you and there's nothing That'll take
4: me away
0: Wow, what what an arrangement. I just go back to that thing about uh, the amount of information coming at you uh, is, is almost too hard to process. I'm here with Sammy. I'm here with Nicholas Mulroy. Welcome back to the new series, Sammy. Happy New Year, Robert. How you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm Lush, as my uh, uh, Bristol sister in law would say. I say that. Gert, no, she would say I'm Gert Lush. Right. Um, uh, yeah, so the first time
3: you've heard the group? Yeah, I mean, I know I think a couple of them from elsewhere, but I, I'm a real sucker for that kind of stuff. I, I love, as I think you know, I love my uh, instrumental jazz, um, or I suppose otherwise known as jazz. And um, it's really lovely to hear those incredibly kind of spicy, salty harmonies, isn't it? it, it
0: one thing just, you because... Know, they force fed me this really nice dinner first thing that I <laughs> insisted I had with them. And we possibly had the best bit of the session actually just there over the dinner table. And then you're back to the connection between food and music. Um, but it also occurred to me, you know, they're working at a professional level, but this is officially an amateur thing in, well, actually it's not, is it? Because they, they do paid gigs and they're working at the very highest level. I think there's no, no doubt about that. But yet... They have other jobs, some of them. Some of them are full-time musicians, um, but some of them are doing other things. And I just thought, you know, we're in, a, we're in a sort of brave new world. I know it was always the case to a little bit, but even where we are now in 2024 with all the difficulties about this, people are find, finding ways to do things uh, at this very highest level. I just, I just found that interesting
3: as well. Also, they are the nicest people in the world. That, I thought that really came across, actually. They were really lovely kind of balance of them being a a lovely collective bunch of people but also some real individual characters in there i also found i couldn't help thinking about um the way um my children talked to their grandparents in the way they were talking to you (laughs) i mean they were very affectionate but there was also everything they said was somehow laced with a, a a sense of pity
0: yeah no you're exactly right i shall never listen to that program again now <laughs> explain, explain what a gun 37 is please can i say that's me playing those chords underneath thank you very much very, no, very good and um, i'm just very aware of the individual skills as well yeah. i mean you know you hear tom lowen um who is you know, an interest is an ex student of mine from the ma uh, tom turned up at york with an incredible skill set already mm. um as did a lot of people during lockdown you would suddenly see 12 of him doing an arrangement of or something that he'd done himself to an incredible level and although it just sounds you know it's it's borderline almost um a pastiche isn't quite the word I'm looking at but you know when he did that extraordinary bass line just on its own it did sound almost comic until you put everything else with it but it required such incredible skill Rhythmic skill and and pitching skill,
3: incredible precision that? of what of everything he does, and even that lovely sort of I think you called it a tenor solo in the, in the Robbie Burns. It's really I mean I can't think of anyone who could do you know that, that those kind of slapping bass lines and then this lovely lyrical singing in higher up. It's, it's impressive, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there he was singing um a bass solos in Monteverdi Vespers. I forget whether you did that within in Durham Cathedral a few years ago. I, again, I'm just interested in the sort of multi skills that these musicians have in that they can do one thing and then they go to to others. And I know that um uh, listeners like to put people in boxes and say, Oh, he's a jazz singer and he's a but the ones who just do all these things uh, have you ever been tempted by the jazz?
3: I was a really really mediocre jazz pianist as a as a kid as a as a kid really, as a teenager. I used to play in a little bit in bars and stuff. It was quite a good way of making sure you got served when you weren't necessarily old enough. Um, but and, it's, and I love listening to it. I mean, it's it's more than certainly more than the, the repertoire that I would sing. It's my go-to kind of um, on the headphones. But I I just don't. I, I was one of the reasons I enjoyed listening to those guys so much. I just don't have the kind of harmonic chops that someone like is it that guy is it Harry? Oh, Harry, who's the, who's incre- the professional. incredible facility and also ability to explain what he's doing with with real clarity and kind of simplicity, which I loved.
0: Very Lena Bernstein
3: and mm. and Hugh
0: Hugh the tenor talking about how you how you learn that kind of stuff and it's just uh, it's just <laughs> stop doing that um, it's just uh, sheer hard work so that in the end talking about a muscle memory it's almost a sort of psychology memory that you just set those things going because the point is when they're fast you don't actually have a chance to tune them against what you're hearing you have a chance to tune them in the way that you've rehearsed them. Yeah. I um, I think that's well it's obviously different from a pianist who puts his hands down the chord is there violinists I think would, would
3: have Yeah, you sort of hear things forward and backwards don't you at that speed you 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 you're, you're preparing for something in advance and by the time you get a chance really to evaluate it in real time it's gone. <laughs> so the the way that the way that the memory has to work is so fast. I was talking to Bill Hunt about this actually who uh, uh, a violin player. A brilliant <laughs> violin player fretwork I think founder member and he was talking about he'd he'd learned um some of the divine comedy <laughs> off by heart as a lockdown project. The the Dante rather than the Neil Hannon. Uh, not not National Express. Okay. No, just no. He'd learnt about about 20 cantos of the Divine Comedy. And and it, he was talking about how memory wasn't just psychological, it was also muscular and also you know you attached emotional things, which is obviously particularly true with things like poetry and singing. But the but we we tend to think of memory as just in our heads, don't we? But it's not at all true. And I thought those guys were brilliant on that, on kind of pinpointing how it is that they remember stuff that seems difficult to remember.
0: Uh, do do go and look them up on at uh, their website, stand, standarddeviationjazz.com jazz.com because they got a couple of their live things there from their uh, pizza in the park, and they did this big show before Christmas with a, with a big band. I can't remember if any of that's there yet.
3: The other thing um, that I thought were... was that, sorry to interrupt. But the other thing I thought was that actually just how just how good they are i mean it's that that stuff like you i think you mentioned in in the chat you know we we've done bits of that stuff over the years with fadge it's really hard and nowhere near the level of virtuosity that they've achieved and they it sounds brilliant it's really impressive
0: we mostly stayed at the uh the slow level that was that lovely roger williams ranger of losing my mind just thinking chat. of that yeah Anyway, we've set people go. This is our new end of feature where you and I and Eamon sound sound very wise, but we're not going to let Eamon do this one. Uh, reminder to, to go to the website, Um support us on Patreon. We'd love a few more people to support us on Patreon. That would be very good where you're just paying a few pounds and you get the, uh, the wacky entry levels. Um, anyway, that's enough sales. Um, farewell. We'll see you uh, next time. Thanks for listening. See you soon just before you go, another reminder to try listening on Patreon, which costs just a few pounds per month. Or if you prefer, you can very simply make a one-off donation. You can actually do either via choralchihuahua.com. Thanks.